Now, I'm conscious that as we meet together this evening, um, it continues to be a difficult time for us all. Um, I don't say that if your national team has just been knocked out of the Men's Football World Cup, but you know, on a sort of bigger level, um, we've had Brexit, um, and we've had COVID, and then this year, a war in Ukraine, an energy crisis, political crisis, economic crisis, a cost of living crisis, a housing crisis, not to mention a climate crisis. Did you know that there is now a word for all this? For all these different sort of crises which are coming one after the other, seemingly with sort of more regularity. Um, it is Collins Dictionary's word of the year, 2022. Permacrisis. Any, anyone heard of this? A few. Let me give you the definition. Permacrisis, an extended period of instability and insecurity, or as one commentator put it, a term that perfectly embodies the dizzying sense of lurching from one unprecedented event to another as we wonder bleakly what new horrors might be around the corner. Now, I'm not sure if you'd put it as starkly as that. I'm sure you guys have had some really good times uh, these last 12 months. Um, but, you know, amidst all this permacry, amidst these sort of <clears throat> events that keep happening to us, perhaps those good times seem rather quite fleeting and fragile. And these things that maybe you thought were reliable and dependable but are now being taken from you such that everything around you seems like sinking sand. Perhaps you're beginning to ask yourself the question like, <laughs> where is there some solid ground to stand on right now? And where do we turn? And what do we look for for a brighter and better, more safe, secure future? It's why I'm really excited that we've got an opportunity to now, now to take a look at this fourth reading. Have a look afresh this year at the Christmas story. It's a very famous reading, that fourth reading we just heard read out, telling about the birth of Christ foretold and the comfort and the reassurance and the security that each and every one of us can have because of who this child is. So come with me to the passage now. Um, you can, it's printed out on the sheet for you if you want to follow along. But first of all, can we see the announcement of the Lord with us? In verses 26 to 28. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, there is no greater blessing in life than to be favored by the Lord. To know that the Lord is with you. Yes, the angel is speaking here to Mary. This is not directly at us. Nevertheless, it shows us God speaking, God acting, God working out his good purposes in our world. He is here. He is at work. 
I don't know if you've come across the 2008 book On Complexity by the French philosopher Edgar Morin. He argues that humanity now resides within what he calls a, a network of interlocking systems, and any crisis in one of those systems will engender a crisis in all the others, hence permacrisis. Hence COVID-19 rapidly spreading across the globe so quickly with globalization. Hence, in this country, back in September, our former Prime Minister, Liz Truss, tries to deal with one economic crisis with some bold tax cuts, which leads to a further political crisis, which then leads to a further, even worse economic crisis than we started, because it's all interconnected so much more today and getting increasingly complex year by year. And so maybe we are going to see more and more crises. And the question is, who can help us out with all this? Who on earth can untangle it all? Who can deal with the depth of this complexity and bring a better, brighter future? Now, if anyone can, the Lord God can. And here, these verses reassure us that God is still intimately involved in his world. Notice this is at a particular time, the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Notice this is in a particular place. It's a real place, Nazareth, a town in Galilee, a real person, Mary, this virgin, the author Luke at pains to show the details here so that we can know that even at times it feels like God is not there anymore, that he is distant, that he's removed, that he's just wound this world up and just left us to it and uncaring. Absolutely not. Still there, still involved, still cares about his world, about you, whoever you are, no matter what you've done, there is a reassurance for you. But you say, Mark, there's an angel in this passage, and that the announcement came from this angel to Mary. That frankly sounds ridiculous in this day and age. So what do I do with that? How can I know the Lord is there? Look, if that is you, I get the question. It might be helpful to share with you that in the early few centuries of the church, angels were never depicted with wings. They were never depicted as this like cherub-like child sort of floating in the air with this like yellow glow around him, if that's your image of angel that you have in your head right now, which would be frankly quite ridiculous. In the first few centuries of the church, artists, sculptors, they would depict an angel very similar to a human being. It was only in the fourth century they started adding wings precisely because the word angel in the Greek means ankylos, means messenger, and that's what wings symbolized. Now, this is not to downplay <clears throat> the supernatural element of this, not at all. But it is to say that the concept of an angel might not be as ridiculous as we may be led to believe. And if God is real, and if this is the most momentous moment in human history, this birth of this child, well, we might expect something out of the ordinary. We might expect, it, expect something supernatural. Now, very happy to chat to you more about that afterwards, but let's go deeper. Let's go further. Let's not miss the heart of this announcement from the angel Gabriel to Mary. Because look what he says to Mary now in verses 29 to 33. Mary was greatly troubled at his words 
and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and we will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. And so here we have even more reassurance for us. Amidst the perma-crisis, more reassurance for us in a year when we have lost our own queen, who may have ruled so well for 70 years, but we have been reminded this year, yet again, of the fragility of human life. And human rule is here today and gone tomorrow and the instability that leads to society. And here we are having a promise of a reign that will never end. A kingdom that knows no end. Have you ever wondered what, why it is that, that this child, um, born to a nobody, I know Mary's very famous today, at the time, maybe a 15-year-old girl, very few people knew, born to a nobody, born in a backwater of a place, Nazareth. A child who grew up poor, who died young, who never wrote a book, who never raised an army, who never sat on a throne, and yet became the most life-transforming, earth-shattering, history-making human being of all time. Like, how is that possible? And the angel is saying here, because this is no ordinary child. Fully human? Absolutely. Born of Mary. Also fully divine, conceived by the Holy Spirit. The Son of the Most High, whose kingdom will never end. Here is God himself born into our world. No wonder there was an angel to announce it. And just think for a moment, if you are aware of the Gospels, of who this God is, who he reveals himself to be to us, as we see Jesus grow up and begin his ministry. The power and authority that Jesus Christ has for good his power and authority over all of nature, such that he can calm the storm, walk on water, water into wine, and one day promises to bring peace and order across the entire universe. No more climate crises ever again. Think of his power and authority over sickness and death, just a touch and whole villages were healed of all their sicknesses. A little girl brought back from the dead as easily as you or I would wake someone from their sleep. Jesus himself rose from the dead. Jesus himself offers resurrection life to all who trust in him. No more any waiting times, no more NHS crises. Think of his power and authority 
over all injustice and evil. Not just out there, but in here. The way he forgives people their sin, restores fellowship with God. Think of his promise of a judgment day when finally all the wrong in this world will be dealt with once and for all. No more political crisis, no more economic crisis, no more moral or meaning crisis gone forever. And perhaps most beautiful of all when it comes to the life and death of Jesus Christ, you see a person just overflowing in love for all people. Stopping for people, welcoming people, caring for people, even those whom society have forgotten about. And ultimately goes willingly to his death and lays down his life for humanity. Sacrifices himself for you and for me. So that we can enjoy fellowship with God and this kingdom, this perfect kingdom, that knows no end. This is how much God loves you today. So whatever personal crisis you might be facing right now, be reassured from the Christmas, the Lord is here, the Lord is with you, he's here to help you. The name Jesus means the Lord saves. That is who this baby is. He's come to save us from our sin, from suffering, Enjoy this kingdom that knows no end. There may be many more wars next year, many more economic crises, political crises, climate crises. Here is a promise from God that one day it will all come to an end. And the kingdom that we see a glimpse of in the life of Jesus captured in the Gospels will one day become a reality the whole world over. Now, don't you want to be a part of that? I know I want to be a part of that. How do we make sure we're a part of that? Notice Mary's response in verses 34 to 38. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And then the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Now here is the model response from Mary. Saying yes to God, trusting in his word. May your word to me be fulfilled. But what I want us to do for a moment is think about the shame that there would have been for Mary at first to go through with this. I mean, imagine her trying to explain this to her fiancé, Joseph. Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm pregnant, and no, I've not slept with anyone else. Actually, an angel appeared to me and said I was going to miraculously conceive. I mean, you can imagine how that conversation is going to go down. Imagine the shame that she would have experienced in the wider society. As her bump got bigger and more visible in a culture where it was scandalous to have had a sexual relationship outside of marriage. What people would have said 
and thought about her. And yet Mary trusts the Lord through it all. May your word to me be fulfilled. And what happens to her? Well, I mean, she's arguably the most famous woman in history. She gave birth to the Savior of the world. And we are still talking about her today. There is a shame today when it comes to following Jesus Christ. We need to be honest about that. You've probably seen the census that's just come out. 46% of people now identifying as, as Christian, as followers of Jesus. And I know for some of you here, there is an incredible social cost for you to follow him. But if you do, like Mary, you can be absolutely confident the Lord is with you through life, through death, and into a kingdom where there will never be any permacrisis ever again. Notice finally, Mary does not believe straight away. She asks a question. She says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And this is an important point because people often say, you know, to be a Christian, you've got to just shut your brain off and believe. An angel Gabriel, just believe. Miraculous conception, just believe. God born into this world, don't think, turn off your brain, just believe. The Bible never tells us to respond like this. Mary asks a question, a perfectly valid question. And it might be you've got some perfectly valid questions as well. Please ask them. To the person who brought you here, if you remember this church, keep asking questions. Don't stop. That's how we continue to grow and learn. Bring your questions just like Mary did. There are compelling answers to it. For Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Look at Elizabeth as evidence of the trustworthiness of God's word. The word of God will never fail. Okay, may your word be to me fulfilled. So feel free to take one of these if you don't have them. This is Luke's gospel, the whole of where this reading comes from. There's one at the back. They're free. They're our gift to you this Christmas. Please read it. Please feel free to come along on Sundays. Feel free to join one of our Christianity Explored courses. Ask, seek, explore. Discover for yourself who this child really is. And the one piece of solid ground we can still stand on and trust in despite all the uncertainty, instability, permacrisis around us. And I promise you, Jesus Christ will never let you down. Let me pray. Father God, thank you so much indeed for this gospel reading, which tells us of you promising your son, Jesus Christ, to be born 2,000 years ago as our saviour and as the one whose kingdom will never end. I pray for your spirit to move our hearts, to ask our questions, and for you to draw us to a deeper trust in Jesus and say of what you say about him, may your word to me be fulfilled. And we ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.